How's it going? Thank you so much for tuning in to This Is Real with yours truly, Pastor Juan Martinez, a.k.a. Dr. Love. Pastor Megan. <laughs> hey, you go, and I. <laughs> and I am Pastor Megan. What's up, Thank Megan? Thank you for having me. I am filling in for Pastor Stephanie. Yeah, what's going on? Um, so she's uh, she's out there. Yeah, with she's the, out there with our generations department, our youth. They're yeah. on their uh, youth camp this weekend. Having some fun. They get to be kids. They do get to be kids, but they're also going to be encountering God. Yeah. And I believe that they're going to have encounters that they're going to be talking about for years to come. Yeah, yeah. totally. They they will always remember. I, I didn't really yeah. grow up like that. I didn't get to go to the youth thing and all that. So I lived yeah. through the kids. Uh, <laughs> you know? yeah. I'm like, I'm living through <laughs> them. But um, thank you so much for all those who constantly writing us letters. Uh, it's got a ton of letters uh, this past week. And so we're just grateful that you guys um, give us the time and your mm -hmm. ear to hear yeah. what the Lord has to say. And so we're just grateful for that. All the great um, comments and the encouragement from you guys on YouTube, you know, we're just grateful uh, and, and just humbled that you guys uh, watch us on YouTube on This Is Real and just to hear all the stories of people lives being transformed and places that we go you know we got to go to south carolina somebody was watching us there and went to chicago somebody was watching us there so it's kind of cool very humbling um also uh this is real um we do live at nines on tuesdays which mm -hmm. this last tuesday it was me and you uh doing it it was megan we kind of were yep. on live at nine we had a great conversation mm -hmm. And so if you haven't checked it out, go back and check it out. Uh, I don't know if in the future maybe we'll have little clips of that, you know, um, on our YouTube channel. I don't know. But I will tell you what. We always have pretty amazing guests. We do. And so, uh, you know, we've had everything. We like real people, real problems, real solutions. <laughs> and uh, we've had uh, cooks. We've had um, health people. Uh, we've had football uh, players. Football players. NFL yeah. football NFL players. football players. Yep. We also had uh, the chaplain. Uh, yeah, the pastor of yeah. the Texans here. Uh, so we've had a uh, variety of people who sing, you know, all kinds of people uh, new in their walk, yeah. older in their Seasoned. walk. Uh, yeah. Great stories all the time. Uh, keeping it real for y'all. And guess what? Today we have an amazing story. We have this amazing couple who I've been just blessed and honored to serve with uh, in life. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, it's always good meeting some good Christian uh, brothers yeah. and sisters. And they have a church. In the South, South Carolina. Carolina. Yep. yep. What's the name of the church? It is called Kingdom Church. Kingdom in South church. Carolina. Come on, watch out. Yep. Um, and so they are Kingdom. Just a fresh breath of air. And guess what? They're in the studio with us today. And so they are. Uh, you want to introduce them or you want me to introduce um, I can introduce them. Yeah, sure. We want to introduce you guys and just um, give a welcome to Pastors Jason and Brittany. Come on, give them a pop pa here from South wow, Carolina and dude. we understand that it wasn't an easy trip necessarily to get here not at all tell us tell us a little bit about blocks here right yeah. tell us about that you may tell it you want to tell go ahead Just go ahead <laughs> go ahead well I believe everything that you try to go toward if there's something trying to stop you you probably need to get there you know yeah and the pastor Juan Martinez calls you and says hey yeah, come to fine. Texas I'm coming to Texas. When and where? When yeah. and where? I'm on the way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I got a I got a ticket, and I was supposed to come to Houston, and yeah. Pastor Juan was supposed to pick me up, but I got dropped off in Dallas. And, oh uh, wow! But yeah. before Dallas, it took you to Fort Lauderdale. To Fort Lauderdale. Yeah. And honestly, I was thinking about staying in Fort Lauderdale. <laughs> I was like, Man, maybe this is a divine appointment for our vacation. Hallelujah! Yeah. I don't yeah. know. And I said, No, nah, we got to get there. We got to get there. So we pushed forward, and we went to uh, Dallas. And then when I got there, they said that. Um, 
to talk to the attendants and we would figure out how to get to Houston. Yeah. And then when I asked and she was just like, um, you can take a car, a cab. And I was like, that was not what I signed up for. I yeah, bought a yeah. ticket to Houston. Hallelujah. So long story short, we uh, get put out in Dallas, Texas, and we're looking for a room. And all the flights have been canceled because of a storm. So now we're looking for a room, and I'm walking with my beautiful wife down through Dallas, Texas. <laughs> uh, if you've ever been through Dallas, Texas, you don't want to – it's okay with me. I come from the hood, but not yeah. with my wife. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So I was like, just put her away in a room, and I told her, just stay right here in this hotel room, in this lobby, and I'm going to go try to find a room. Long story short, God put us into a room, and then I rented a car, and I uh, was going to rent a U-Haul. Could you see me pulling up in a U-Haul at Paris and Wanda? Yeah, that was, I told him, yeah, that would have been wild. I'm like, are y'all moving? Yeah. I said, I'm getting there. Hallelujah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so how, you, uh, how did you do with all that? Um, I was a little nervous, but uh, I knew that God had um, a plan and a purpose for us to be here. Yeah. And... Um, just from the past i know that when we go into our purpose there's always opposition mm. and so i knew that the opposition that we were facing um was trying to um discourage us from coming yeah and so uh, my husband he is a go-getter and yeah. uh, he always makes a way so i was just really impressed because you know i was a little nervous it was two o'clock in the morning <laughs> yeah. and you know he's he's uh i could feel his energy and so yeah. i'm just like all right lord you know come on I, i'm good either way but um the lord made a way so i was I, I knew that he would he he's faithful so you guys are pastors in south carolina Yes. And um, you guys uh, have beautiful kiddos. You want to give them a shout out? Brinkley and Josie and Peyton and Lakin. I love them all. Oh, there. We They're love beautiful. you. Come yes. on. And so you have these amazing, if you see these kids, they, they're just amazing because they got the little accent. Yeah, oh, like, yeah. I'm Brinkley, you know, and it's like it's like you're done. After that, you're done. You're like, when's your birthday? You know, like it's just so cool. They're redheaded, you know, to little freckles. They're like yeah. little Megans, you know. Yeah, without my dyed hair. Without your dyed hair. Yeah. Uh -huh. Hold on, y'all need to talk. Like, yeah. so what I'm winds up happening yeah. is that you guys just have an incredible family. All That's these cool. things are going, and you know, they might look at y'all and think, wow, you know, these guys, you know, just always been like that because they're doing so good in life. You know, but that's not the story. That's not the story. Okay. Tell us a little bit about uh, how it started for uh, Jason Robbins. From how, how, yeah, how was your life a little bit? Tell, tell us a little bit about it. What would that look like? Well, I, I didn't grow up like normal kids, I guess I would say. I grew up in uh, everybody's home. Whoever would take me in, and I stayed here, I stayed there, never had a father, never had. Um, my mother was a child trying to raise a child. So it was uh, kind of me in the streets, and yeah. uh, I learned to sell drugs. And uh, how old were you when that? What what was happening in your adolescent years, like teenage years? I did my first line of cocaine at eight years old. Eight years old. Eight years old. Okay, that tells you something. Okay, and how was your life growing up? She's princess. No, no. Let's see. Let's hear it. So, what, are, uh, what, are you, what was your life? I came from a really good family. Um, I had my mom and my dad and my brothers. This and, is wild. Um, yeah, and so. Then so, my, what were you doing at eight? Oh, I was swimming in the pool. I was playing babies. I was riding my bike in the neighborhood, playing hide and go seek in the neighborhood. Yeah, so you had a your good. future. Yeah, I had um, mm -hmm. I had a really good family. Okay, so and then you're eight, and you're snorting cocaine. <laughs> Yeah. Wow. Okay. So um, tell us a little bit more 
about your life. So you're, <laughs> so you're eight, eight years old. You're yeah, well, I mean, it's just, it's just wild yeah. how God brings people together. Yeah. yeah. And it's just crazy how your stories, because even though the, yeah. your, in your, your story at eight is all great, there's still stuff that you go through, mm -hmm. even though it might not look like this. Right. Yeah. Right? So, uh, so you're growing up, you're, you're on drugs at eight years old. So what's happening in your teenage years and stuff? Well, as teenage years went on, I was staying with my mom then and uh we got separated and long story short i ended up living with a foster family okay. and i stayed with them for a while and was your uh, mom addicted to drugs as well mm -mm, not no? at all okay at all. um so she she went away um and i went with the foster family and okay. he did the best he could but um and i don't blame them it was a lot it was 99 percent my fault you know it was me against the world kind of mentality yeah um and I didn't want to take rules, and I didn't want to take uh, correction, so I did things on my own. So mm -hmm. I ended up living in a car. Where's your daddy then? I have no idea. Okay, so you don't have a dad. Mm -hmm. Your mom is out of the picture at mm -hmm. how old? Um, 10, 11. Okay. Okay, you have questions know. and stuff? Yeah, I mean, do you mind me asking what happened with your mom? Ask whatever. Yeah, yeah. Whatever. she wasn't on drugs. So I just want to paint a picture for everybody who's listening. To somebody out there. To be able to connect yeah. Yeah, totally. with your story. And just like you is one of those where you may have grown up in a loving home and not been exposed to drugs, but there may have been something else that was traumatic that affected yeah. you. And so what, what, tell us where well, your mom. My mom, she was with a man that was real abusive. Okay. Um, I grew up on a daily basis watching my mom. Um, I would say beat, but it don't that don't that don't justify it. I mean, like mm -hmm. drug down the hallway by the hair to head, beat down. Uh, but she stayed with the man uh, that provided, gave her a home, gave her a place. But mm -hmm. I was in the way. Yeah. And okay. uh, and as I got older, I tried to fight him. Uh, okay. And it's something when a little kid tries to jump on a grown man, it don't work too good. Yeah. <laughs> but I but I tried, you know. Yeah. Uh, so with that being said, um, somebody had to go, and okay. uh, so I was the one that went. So you were about 11. Were you in school? Were you going to school? Yeah, I was okay. going to school then. I was living with uh, a family called the Shoemates. Um, they were like a local family down the street. They owned a gym and uh, a batting cage. And, wow. Uh, so I ended up there, like, picking up balls and stuff, trying to just hit balls for free and just somewhere away from uh, abuse and uh, drunk all the time and throwing things and busting things and cussing and all that stuff. So I stayed there because it's peace. Yeah. Um, and he would notice, you know, like, you never go home. You know, like, why don't your mom call? Like, we don't go. You, you want to eat? I like, like, yeah, I'm I was starving. Like, and were, yeah, you still, like, yeah, were you still doing drugs at that time? Also? At the time when I met him, I was just smoking weed at the time. But um, then so I. So you were doing drugs? Yeah, I was doing drugs. <laughs> then I end up, well, I end up quitting everything. Yeah. Um, he started showing me a different way of life. But this man was total atheist. He didn't believe in any God at all. Um, so I was raised by Pharaoh. Hallelujah. Uh, so I stayed with him for a while. And um, him and his wife, and, and they had kids. And once they started having kids, you know, then this, this little. Uh, adopted kid don't really fit in there so yeah, totally. uh, um, I felt out of place they never made me feel out of place I just felt out of place and I was yeah. like just by the way to introduce you like you ever hear Pastor, mm -hmm. Pastor Juan introduce his son he don't say that that's my stepson they were like this is my adopted kid yeah, yeah. and and it started feeling some type of way and yeah. I was like man you know what I'm out and so I went and got a car and once I had my car I would just stay in the car and I sleep behind the bylaws and uh, how old are you then 16 yeah and then I was um, started watching Scarface, and I wanted to be Tony Montana. Wow, uh, that's okay. Let's go to you. We're gonna go back and forth. Yeah. So what's happening in your teenage years? What's what's going on? So by the age of ten, my parents split up. 
Um, I went through a divorce. We had not heard of a divorce. It really broke our family. Um, I have two older brothers, and um, we were complete, completely separated. Um, my mom moved to a new town. My dad moved back to the town which we are from, Clemson. And um, my dad was out of the picture. And uh, it was very hard for me because I was a huge mommy's girl mm -hmm. and um, I was her world and then when they split up she had a new man in her life and I felt like my mommy was ripped away from me and so um, I was kind of on my own a little bit I mean I was in the home yeah. but I was just separated um, and so I started becoming rebellious around the age of 12 and 13 because I was looking for uh, some love yeah. and I started see in all their own places and I so started it sounds like you both have experienced a lot of rejection yeah yes. but then also getting feeling like you're being put on the back burner yeah. like you're second yeah. or third yes. mm -hmm. and that you're not yeah, something Absolutely. that matters. Yeah. Wow. And so time goes on. That's very good. Look at it. She's yeah. assessing. I'm <laughs> She's assessing. Uh, go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. So I started seeking out for boys. Mm -hmm. And um, it didn't matter. And, and the crazy thing is I was attracted to the bad boys. Yeah. Mm, Me the too. Story of the I was and the thug. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was attracted to yeah. the bad boys. And I can just mm. remember, you know, going after them. And um, my parents were like, wow. You know, they had this this mind of what they wanted me to go after yeah. right. and I would always find myself going after the ones who came from less than mm -hmm. and um, and so yeah you know I, I continued to get in relationship with boys mm. uh, married at a young age because I met a guy who uh, would provide for me and love me <clears throat> and I did not um, have much discipleship how old were you I was this time? 21 years old. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So back over here. So we got this going on, this going on. Now, what are you like in your 20s and all that, and what's happening? Like, when, you, when you start getting back on drugs, what happens? When did it all get crazy? 18, uh, I left and just, well, I was 16, I, I never went back. I yeah. stayed in the car, yeah. uh, started selling weed and got an apartment. Long story short, yep. started growing some trees yep. in the house. And then uh, it went from that and it escalated to cocaine. And then in the when I, around my 20s, I got introduced to um, uh, uh, Oxycontins. Uh, okay, synthetic Roxy. heroin. Yeah, synthetic heroin. Yeah. Trying um, down the road looking for some trees and I couldn't find them. And a friend of mine had some Roxy's in his pocket and he was like, try one of these. And I tried it. And man, it hooked me for the next 14 years like yeah. you wouldn't wow. believe. Um, it took me to Florida and I traced it down like, where do these pills come from? You know, yeah, you know totally. I'm telling where did this come from? I want to get all of them. Uh, so I tracked it back and it went to Florida. Well, evidently, like a pill, it's like the pill mill state of the world. Florida was at this time. It was like well, huge. Yeah, it's, it's huge. It's, yeah totally. It's, uh, that's a big problem in the United States of America, period. Yes. So that lasted for 14 years? 14 years. And it led me to a different life. Um, I came from the trailer park and sleeping up under bridges and cars and everything else to to now I have money and money felt like power. And now the Jordans that I never got to wear, I got them now. And uh, so now I'm, I live basically from hotel to hotel and then I got a place down in Palm Beach and uh, on Singer Island, yeah. I got a place down there. And I quit, I used to tra traffic the drugs back and forth. And, um, and I found a better way, like just mailing it. And I would buy like hamster cages and fill yeah. the bottles with dope and ship them off. And I would stay there and I lived in the strip clubs and lived everywhere else. When did you guys meet? We met um, 
I was 18 turning 19 years old and I met Jason. Um, I had been in a relationship with my high school sweetheart for four years, never had dated anyone outside of that relationship. And I met Jason, um, I knew of him in the community and I was like, why are you hanging out with him? Like, You're tripping at this when you guys meet. Yeah. Well, tell, tell him how I met you. Yeah, so we were, uh, I was actually at a restaurant with uh, my boyfriend at the time and Jason seen me <laughs> and uh, you know he is he's just full of himself he's totally confident he walks over and he's like you know he had asked somebody who is that girl over there and they were like oh you know that's so-and-so's girlfriend and he was like not anymore she's my girlfriend and wow. um, he comes over to the table and he's like um, do you smoke and I was like uh, yeah and he was like, you want to go smoke? And so uh, wow, my so boyfriend at the time <laughs> okay, <laughs> sold you. I mean, like, okay. look at how jacked up our lives have been. <laughs> yeah, no, this is interesting because they have an incredible life now. So yeah. it, it just shows the power of the gospel. It shows what God can God do, can do, right? And this God is the whole point it. of having this yeah. conversation. I was saying we don't want to revisit all the bad things. And maybe you're out there and you're like, man, yeah. I, you know, my life is screwed up. Or I'm in the middle of, look at their lives. Come that, on, but look at the persistence that you had in the natural realm, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And then what you have now which we're going to talk about after the break amen so you guys go out there you smoke you meet each other um when does like so you know you're still tripping you're still looking for love yeah. you found them in the right place but it was like look probably looking wrong time cray, cray. probably looking cray cray. <laughs> and so you have all this going on uh no jesus in it none none not for you or for you and then when does Jesus get in the picture how does that happen because you guys are smoking yeah you guys go smoking and reading the Bible what, what happened no you know, and I would say to hold that thought because we're gonna go to a break and when we're done with our break we want you guys to tune back in and listen to it's what it is good. and where God's brought this it's gonna be good okay. we're back we're back I did we before so I'll say it again we're <laughs> back and uh, we were in the middle of the story um, they are just lives are crazy mm. and um now we're gonna hear like how does the gospel step into this thing how does the good news what happens the gospel stepped into my life uh when i overdosed okay i was picking up some some just say drugs whatever yeah i was trafficking back and forth um long story short i had gotten caught um and i bailed out and you know a dog always returned to his vomit so uh, i said I, I'm a, I, I didn't know Jesus. I, mean, yeah. I knew of him, but I didn't know him. So I put my trust right back in what I knew, and that was drugs. So in I, your Lord, and which I, was, my, and it was that come on yeah. somebody. So I ran back down to uh, South Carolina and uh, talked to a, a homeboy of mine, and I said, man, I need, I need a little something on the front. I'm going to go get something and flip it, and I'll be back. And, uh, and, and most of the time that always worked, and everybody knew that. So I went, and... I was followed by, I had no idea that the actual feds were in behind me. Uh, yeah. So long story short, when they got behind me, I panicked. And I was like, man, I ain't going back to jail. You know, I ain't doing it. So, uh, and, and the people can say whatever, but I, I heard a voice and it wasn't Jesus. It was the, it, I thought it was the, I thought it was God, the voice that I'd always heard, mm -hmm. but it wasn't God. It said, eat everything. And they come up with this perfect plan, like swallow everything in the car, then go to lie and tell the, um, the hospital that I was with a girl and I swallowed her stuff and I need to get it pumped out mm -hmm. and I was going to act like I didn't know what it was uh, so 
I'm swallowing like 240 Roxy's in my pocket. I had 100 Xanaxes and a half ounce of cocaine, and I start just swallowing, shooting water down my throat at the same time as I'm swallowing it. And, uh, and I lock the door, and I'm having my finger like on the door because it's a chick that I'm with. She don't know me, you know, and she's trying to open the door for the cops, and I'm yeah. threatening her and holding the, uh, the totally. lockdown. And the cop, and by this time, he's at my window, and um, he sees what I'm doing. It's obvious. Uh, so he takes the one of the sticks, you know, that they get you with. Yeah. And he busted the window mm-hmm. out, and uh, which I knew then it was time was over, and he snatched me out of the car. When I laid down on the ground, uh, and I was, I remember laying down, and I was thinking, man, I gotta hurry up and get to the hospital. I just swallowed <laughs> a whole bunch of dope, you know. Yeah. So he throws me in the back of the car, and he's searching the car. And the whole time I'm in the back of the car, and I'm like, man, I gotta get to a hospital. I gotta get to a hospital. And I black out. And I thought that I was safe because yeah. I was actually in a cop car, right? Um, well, long story short, my mom gets a call. Um, they found an ID um, on this young man that was in a bush uh, that had died on the scene. Um, I had medically said 26 minutes I was dead, laying on my back, and I was vomiting, and I was swallowing it. And they picked me up and carried me to the hospital. Mm-hmm. I don't remember any of this stuff. I was just had doctors tell me this. Uh, they shocked me, shocked me, shocked me. Couldn't get me. Long story short, a doctor comes in on his break, and he thinks he sees his son. They're pushing me in the back with a toe tag on, and his son think his d- the doctor thinks that he sees his son because the tattoo on my neck mm-hmm. that I now I just embrace. Hallelujah! But um, he sees it and thinks it's his son, so he runs in and he starts trying to rejuvenate me, however you want to say it. Resuscitate you? Re- yeah, and then he starts putting those uh, paddles popping me, you know, and nothing's mm-hmm. happening well after he hit it three more times they told him you know we didn't shocked him three times in ambulance three times here let it go but he's still seeing his son this the doctor told me this he said on the third time that he hit me put um he, he could hear in the stethoscope that he can hear my um heartbeat real mm-hmm. faint uh long story short god saved me mm-hmm. um and you were dead for 26 minutes 26 declared minutes. dead by the hospital yes with a toe tag on on paper you know it's just um when i when i did come forward um the doctors all came into the room and they were shocked you know it was like can you talk to us yeah i'm just talking and it's like can i leave you know that's my main thing i wanted to leave where are you during this time during this time um I was 21 years old. Uh, it was March 31st. Are you guys together? Nope. Oh, you're not, not together. together. So no. this happened. This happened after us. He, um, we, we parted ways. Oh, wait, you parted I ways. I wouldn't be with her. Two weeks yeah. into our relationship, <laughs> yeah. uh, he came to me and said, "I got a girl pregnant." Okay. Mm. So, so you were together. Go. You spent time together, and then you separated. Yeah, so you guys okay, were okay, not okay. at all. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so when do you get saved? Um, March 31st, 2007, when I was okay. 21 years old. Okay. And so what happens? Uh, what makes you I get a phone call, and my best friend had been killed um, mm. by a drunk driver. And I, at that time in my life, um, I was out, going to the bars, going to the clubs, having a good time with my friends, just, you know, doing the wild thing. And um, one day I get a phone call that my best friend had been killed by a drunk driver. And in that moment, um, I ask myself, you know, oh my goodness, this what would have happened to me? Where would I have spent eternity had that happened to me? And I went home that day and I felt, I was by myself in a little rental house and I felt the Holy Spirit just come to me and I surrendered my life. And I just knew that the life that I was living 
was was not a good path to be on and it really just was like a, a moment of awakening to me that I needed to get my life right with mm -hmm. Christ because at any moment um, I could go just as she had and so it was uh, it was a shock yeah. and I started trying to live my life for the Lord um, and that was the beginning but it was a process mm. it was a great process Wow and so boom you get saved no, I don't get saved. When do you get saved? Uh, in prison. Well, right when I was on the run, I came back out, and I was on the run on my way to prison. And I had nowhere else to go. Um, I was waiting for trial, and all these things were going on, and I was just running. Um, everybody was sick of me because I was such a drug addict. And yep. Everything I touched, I tore it up, burned it down. Long story short, my grandmother took me in. Thank God for my mom's prayers. She yeah. took me in, and uh, she told me, she said, one condition, you go to church. <laughs> And I was like, I'm going to sit in the very back of this church, you know. Yeah. So I sit in the very back, and this preacher's preaching, long story short, and he's preaching on. Um, so the old den didn't get you saved yet? Oh, no. No, okay, I tried okay. to. Uh, no. Okay, so now you're in the church. Now I'm in church, and I'm sitting in the very back pew, and this preacher is preaching. Uh, Pastor Kerry Caldwell's preaching. He's preaching about uh, Judas. And um, as he's preaching about Judas, and, uh, and I'm like, then he starts talking about how Jesus got betrayed. And everybody told on me. And I was like, man, for the first time in my life, me and Jesus got something in common. You know, like, I know what that feels like. And as he gets to preaching, and I figure out that I'm Judas. Yeah. I'm the man that put the spikes in him. I'm, I'm that dude. And then I came down. And uh, long story short, I, you know, I gave my life to the Lord shortly after when um, and things started transpiring. At this time, man, I'm paralyzed. I was paralyzed for nine months from that drug overdose. And the uh, doctor told me I'd never walk again. So you couldn't walk? I couldn't walk. And wow, wow. Because you had some brain damage. Oh, I had overdose. They still say I do, yeah. you know. But <laughs> hallelujah. But God. Ain't that, crazy, <laughs> ain't that crazy how, like, in 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 that, um, I'm trying to find the word and it's not coming, but in that state, yeah. you know, just uh, overdose. I know you've sat outside of doors crying, you know, mm -hmm. guy, just all this chaos. And still. Yeah. We just go right back to it. Everybody's so. bottom and everybody's moment is looks different. Totally. And something I heard of both of you when you were talking about it took a death. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You literally died. Mm -hmm. You had a friend die. Yeah. But even in that, even in a death, you still didn't see the light until you were actually in the church and the word of God penetrated your heart because mm -hmm. it was truth. Yes. So how do you? How did you guys? Okay, so now you're both saved. You say yes to Jesus. Yes. When do you meet again? I call her on the phone, and I was <laughs> so like, you just one day think of her and call her. I've always loved Brittany, okay, and uh, and I I broke oh. up with her because she tried to take me to church and tried to make me do right, <laughs> and I didn't want to be with her. I was like, I said, you, I'll, one day I'll marry you. Long story short, um, I I called her after I got saved, and she came right to my heart, and I was like, girl, I yeah. met this Jesus, you know, yeah. and I said, man, you know all the stuff Jesus did? He walked on water. I never. Yeah, about yeah, Jesus. I'm telling her all the things about Jesus, and she's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. where you at? So she pulls up. Now, keep in mind, you know, a lot of people say when you get saved, the light comes on, you're perfect. Mm -hmm. That's a lie. Um, just being honest. <laughs> yeah. um, so it's a, it's, a, it's a pruning process because yeah. what seems right to a man, you know. Yeah. Um, I, call my, I call my future wife, and I said, come I said, come and see me. I gave my life to the Lord. I need to do that. So she comes, and she pulls up. I got a blunt behind my ear. I got a 40-ounce Budweiser in my hand, and she's like, I thought you got saved. And I was like, I did, girl. You know, I did. You know, got the Bible out one hand, beer in the other hand. And she's just like, 
Oh, well, I, I thought that uh, he's doing the Bible says you know them by their fruit. And I said, Brittany, I'm not talking about produce. I said, I'm talking about. I'm talking, that is hilarious. Yeah. That's exactly what I told her. Yo, that <laughs> is hilarious. <laughs> Who's talking about tomatoes here? That's exactly right. We're talking about, we ain't talking about oranges or nothing like that. <laughs> so, That's so funny. Still, like I said, I'm still waiting on the police to catch me because I'm actually on the run. Mm. Um, not trusting God all the way. I'm still, so you're in your process. Yeah, I'm in the yeah. process. process. Um, so in the process, she sees me, long story short. And um, she tells me to keep reading the Bible and keep she's, yeah. just stay in it. And because uh, she didn't really she like. Oh, and you guys have been together since since then. Yes. No, 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 okay. no, no, no. Okay. We, we didn't realize prison. that he was facing 25 years. Okay. Oh, and here you're like, we're going to be together. And he's yeah. like, yeah, in 25 years. Yeah. <laughs> Well, we made a law. We made a yeah. phone call to a lawyer, and I was like, you know, how much time am I looking at? You know, I'm like, I want to do a year, two years, three years. You know, what, what are we looking at? What did you do when you heard 25? She said, bye. Oh, what? my heart just <laughs> fell. I said, I can't wait on you for 25 years. I, I, so tell I, us what happened, because you're here. Yeah. So what what, what happened? What with yeah. What 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 changed? Like what? <laughs> well, we did part. He went to okay. prison. He yeah. went to prison, and uh, I wrote him in prison. We, um, I got his address, and I would write him periodically. Um, and he continued to write back saying, you know, he had this faith that God was going to let him out, that mm -hmm. God had told him he was going to let him out. And, um, you know, I just was like, yeah, yeah, you know, I've heard that. You know, that sounds good. And then we kind of quit talking for a while. And one day out of the blue, he called and he was like, I'm coming home. Yeah. And I was like, what? And that was before I went to court. I gave all my uh, oodles and noodles up, Pastor. Mm. I had to get a phone call <laughs> out. I just had faith. I was going to court the next day and I was like, take all of my commissary. I need a phone call. I need a phone call. Wow. He gave me a three-way call out and I said, I'm going to court tomorrow. I said, I know, I just know God's done spoke to me. I'm going home. And she was like, you ain't going home. You know, she's like, oh, I said, well, don't, no doubt. The Bible says no doubt. You ain't going to doubt me. I said, you're going to cast my, uh, yeah, it ain't happening. So uh, to I said, I'll, I'll call you tomorrow. Long story short, I went to court and uh, 25. Hold, hold on, hold on, hold on. So you go to court, you're facing 25 years. Yeah. She's like, yo, I can't wait, mm. but you're still writing. You're telling, you you want the girl. So you're like, Lord. I got to take her, yeah. <laughs> you're like, Lord, I need to get out. <laughs> yeah. I need to get out. Like, I'm not going to have her. And what does the, uh, obviously you guys are here. Yeah. But the court's going to about to say something. And then I want to know your reaction when you hear what the judge had to say. And then we're going to go into the segments. Uh, we'll be right back. Hey, what's up? We're back. This is exciting to me. It is. The story is pretty it is. wild. It's like I want to go deeper and I want to know more of the detail. Yeah, because you want to assess and you want to like, let me tell you what your problem is. <laughs> <laughs> was. So it was. Was. Oh, yes. Was. Come on, was. Or currently. Who knows? We might all be some, have things yeah. that we need to yes. continually yes. work through. So the judge, obviously, <laughs> what does the judge say? He let me loose. He let you loose. Wow. What happens when That's you hear amazing. that? Do you remember the day when you heard like, hey, I'm coming? Absolutely. Um, that He's was like, his, Mama, his birthday. Mama, I'm coming <laughs> home. <laughs> yeah, it was yeah. his birthday, and I was like, you know, what time, when, where, you know, because anytime throughout our history, anytime Jason would call me, I would run immediately because he mm -hmm. wasn't a guy that you could always get in touch with. He never had a phone. He never had a car. Mm -hmm. He was always like the in and out because he was always into something. That with was the part of the strategy. Yeah, always after, or either he was paranoid because he always had drugs on yeah. him and so he didn't want to have any kind of trail and so anytime that I could get in touch with him was like oh, 
you know, he called, you know? Yeah, yeah. And so when he called, I'm like, you know, when, where? And How long um, after that did you get married? Oh, man. He came home in August. We were engaged in November. We were married in January. Boom. <laughs> and there you have it. Then I had a baby in three months. Then you had a baby in three months. <laughs> and, you guys live happily, and you guys are living happily ever after. Yeah. That is an incredible yeah. story. But I want to go into the segments. So the first one we're going to do, we're going to do a segment with y'all because I feel like I, I want some knowledge and wisdom. Yeah. Uh, so the first segment is uh, Dear Younger Me. Yeah. Tell them what Dear Younger Me is. So Dear Younger Me is what I want you to do. I'll start with you, Brittany. Okay. Okay. I want you to take yourself back um, to your teen years, to your adolescence. Mm-hmm. What advice would you give yourself then that if you would have known that you wish you knew now? No, what would you? If you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So what <laughs> advice would you give yourself then? Uh, yeah, and any age. You could actually pick any time if you could go back um, in time if i could go back in time what age would you go i to? would go back to high school high school and i would find a um, good mentor that knew relationship with jesus mm-hmm. because i wasn't taught relationship i was taught religion and um, my choices came from fear mm-hmm. and rejection and i would have got under someone who had some wisdom and would have guided me in the choices that I would make in the future because mm. I just made hasty choices by rejection. Yeah. Looking for the acceptance. And I needed I needed healing. Yeah. That's good. Okay, really so Pastor good. Jason, what about you? We're going back to the future. Mm-hmm. Flashback, fast Come forward, on. way back when. What moment would you pick and what would you tell yourself? The yeah, how old you? would you be? I would have probably been around 24. I wouldn't have changed okay. anything. I would okay. have kept 24. The, I would have kept the junk and the trash yeah. and everything yep. because yep. What, would you, what would you tell you at 24? What, go talk to Jason right now. 24 years old. What 24 years old. I yep. would have said, Jason, when Brittany comes, do not run from her. Do marry her. Marry her. She goes, yeah, that's a good. I one. would have married her then <laughs> because that's. I mean, she's my best friend. She's my wife. Um, she's. Tells me when I got a booger in my nose, she tells me the truth. Wow, you know, okay. I love her. She's my girl. <laughs> hey, um, and so that's what you would say to that, Jason. Yes, I would. That's cool. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to put you back in the car twice. Okay. Okay, so I like putting people sometimes back in the car. You know, I kind of enjoy that. Um, just moments, okay? So um, so what I want to do is I'm going to put you back in the DeLorean, right? Because it's like back <laughs> to the future. You got the guy with the white hair. He's in the car. He's like, Jason! where do you want to go you know and so but this time it's megan and she's got white hair <laughs> and so hey, she's gonna put the that. year she's gonna put the year on the, in the car and you're gonna go back okay um where i want to send you to is if you can go back and talk to your dad oh mm-hmm. hold on with everything you know now because you understand grace mercy mm-hmm. right what would this jason Go back and tell his dad that I am your son to set me. Okay, explain a little bit. Talk to your dad right now. I want you to talk to your dad. My dad is always um, questioning if I was his, and I I would let him know um, with clarity that no matter if I wasn't his kid uh, by blood, I loved him like my daddy and uh, loved him like a son. Yeah, so talk to your dad. What'd you say? Remember, you're a young boy. Go ahead and talk to your dad. We're going to go there with it. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yes. Okay. Hallelujah. Yeah. Talk to your Give dad. Get me cheered up. Just, yeah. It's okay. Uh, I, would, um, I would tell him I forgive him. Talk to him. I would say, Dad, forgive me for um, 
rejecting you, um, for not accepting you for who you were and what I wanted you to be. And uh, forgive me for for not, I don't know, I, I, I would, that's hard, Pastor. I would probably tell him, um, Could be I love him. I would tell him I love him. I would tell him I love him to accept me and mm-hmm. uh, to just be there. Um, even if I didn't look like the rest of them, even if I played basketball and I didn't do all the things the rest of them did, I, I, I still was your son and I, I wanted to be your son. Mm. And I just wanted you to uh, give me a chance. Cool. Now, just got back here and I'm going to put you back in the car. <laughs> and so, yeah. it's all right. What would you say to your mom? Mm. What would you say to your mom today? You can do it all over again, and you were had the opportunity with everything you know now. Yeah. What would you say to your mom before she makes the decision? What would you say? You can talk to her. What would you say? I would say, Mom, everything's going to turn out all right. I love you. You've always been good to me. And just trust God. He's got me. Let go of me and uh, throw Jonah off. I was Jonah. She had to give me to God, and I would tell her just trust God and to uh, let God have me, mm-hmm. because He had a lot of things He had to work out of me, and um, He was the only one that can change me. He was the only yeah. one that can help me, as much as she wanted to. She couldn't. Nobody could, but Jesus did. Yeah. Hey, um, you said your mom. You know. You get to go back and you get to talk to a woman who's being abused today. So your mom was getting abused. So what would you say to your mom if you can talk uh, to her? I tell her her worth. I tell her she's worth so much more. Don't let a man treat you like you. Don't let a man beat you like that. You have a future ahead of you. Let go and let God. And then truly, I know that's, that's a cliche, but that's, that is the truth. You should have just let go and trust God and found her worth in the Lord and found out that she was a king's daughter and that she didn't have to be treated that way and that she didn't have to be beat down, that there was a man in heaven that was watching after her. And Jesus was with her all the way through her life, and she just had to trust him. And uh, that's what I would tell her, and that everything was going to work out all right because my mom's amazing now. Yeah. Amen. Brittany, I want to put you back in the car. Okay. So I put you back in the car, Mm -hmm. and you get to talk to your parents. Mm -hmm. With everything you know now, what would you say to your dad? Um, I would um, just tell him thank you, honestly, thank you. Um, he was the best dad that he knew how to be. And um, that he could, he could find forgiveness and healing um, because there was a lot of abuse with his dad. Hmm. And he didn't really know how to love, um, but he knew, but he loved us the best way he knew how to love us. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, God works all things together, even though um, his, his marriage didn't pan out the way that he wanted it to pan out. God still used all of that for his good. Hmm. What would you say to your mom? Um, As a young, you know, you go back right there in a time, and what would you say to your mom? That she is loved. 
she has loved because she didn't have the affirmation from her parents that everybody needs. No one hugged her. No one told her how um, beautiful she was. Nobody hugged her and loved her as a little girl. And, you know, she constantly sought that affirmation through a man. Yeah. And that she was enough and that she was loved. Mm-hmm. That's really good. Mm-hmm. That is good. Yeah. You got me crying over here. <laughs> crying. Yeah, you got me crying too. I got to hold it back. <laughs> hey, um, let me. Uh, really so let, let's go. Uh, good. To, uh, well, I think that uh, on this show, not only we're real, but I, I believe this is a moment for us to heal. Oh, yeah. Because uh, sometimes Absolutely. when we're, we, we don't, you know, we say, if I can go back. Well, here at this show, you get to go back. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we had a guy named Johnny on the show uh, in my, from Miami. He's actually go takes a picture of King of Music. We had him on the show, and we were talking to him, and he, uh, I had him talk to his dad. So he spoke to his dad, and here's the kicker. His dad heard the show. Mm. And wow. so today, they, they hadn't talked, and now they're in a relationship. It's amazing. Mm. Awesome. Mm. And so they're building a relationship just based on him. It, his dad did hear what he would say, you know. Yeah. So it was really yeah. neat. And you just never know who might be listening. Yeah. Or who needs uh, it. Oh, who needs it. Because somebody might be in the middle of wherever. They could be on any side. And maybe they need to uh, forgive their parents. Or, yeah. you know, because you do a lot of change groups and stuff. So, yeah. you know, when people are going through that, what do you usually tell them? Well, I mean, you definitely want to come to a place of forgiving and knowing what that looks like because we can say verbally with our mouth that we forgive someone, That's but right. we really need to have it be a change of our heart and walk through what that looks like and what true healing looks like instead of just putting up a facade of like, okay, I'm strong, I can handle this, nobody's gonna hurt me, I forgive them. But then one thing that I ask people is if true forgiveness has happened, one, can you say their name without feeling anger or resentment? Mm-hmm. Can you say it with peace? right and then another sign of true forgiveness is or if you're still constantly pondering on it thinking about it talking about it and you're noticing that it's consuming your thoughts your dreams and when you open up to talk to somebody you talk about it a lot and it's part of the healing process and those are just two things that you can really assess to say hey has true forgiveness really taken place that's really good good. yeah that's good it's good stuff i hope you know i hope everybody's taking notes look so here's the (laughs) thing um we we got a little time for uh one more thing uh we're gonna do the struggle Struggle was 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 was. yeah yeah tell them why it was real (laughs) tell them why it was real because the world wants to say the struggle is real yeah but we've overcome exactly So, so we have overcome so the struggle was real meaning it's not a real struggle in your life anymore Amen. so Brittany what is an area of your life that the struggle was real at the, one point something yeah. that you have overcome mm-hmm. or it could be a current thing that you're overcoming that you want to share yeah Ooh, that's good come on um uh, well Tell us the struggle several, We're like- several areas but I think the most challenging um, in our life was when we got married and the blending of the different backgrounds wow mm. yeah, yeah yeah the blend blend yeah <laughs> um, just because <laughs> we come from two totally different backgrounds yeah, different worlds right and um, you know bringing them together it was challenging because you know, 
the way that I I am and mm-hmm. the way that he is and putting that together like I loved him yeah. I loved his energy I loved everything about him but then when we came together it was like you're a mess yeah <laughs> you're a wreck yeah yeah so how'd you overcome that um just or by, how are you overcoming well you know what I <laughs> over I overcame it by um, going to the Lord mm. and uh, practicing patience nice understanding Mm, those are good words. That's that's how I overcame it because you know for so long I carried resentment and bitterness to, toward my husband even in our, our marriage years because I would stuff all these feelings down mm. and one day I received mm-hmm. a book called Forgiveness and when I read that book I started confessing all of this unforgiveness that I had bittered or, or buried in my mm-hmm. heart toward my husband because of all of the things, these expectations, these unmet expectations that he had not met. And I would stuff them. And then so I would find myself uh, reacting to him from a place of bitterness. Wow. And so when God set me free from that mindset, you know, when he didn't meet my expectations, I would go to God and say, you know what, Lord? You, you work on him and you, you know what I'm struggling with. Because he tells us, he says, cast your cares on me for I care. Mm-hmm. And so I would have to go and release that mm-hmm. to wow. God. That's so good. we got about a minute. Uh, yes. and, uh, what is something that you uh, struggle with, with that you overcome? Yeah, that you're overcoming. Well, the family wouldn't to me. I was glad to have one. Yeah. I, would, I would say heroin. Heroin. Uh, How'd you I, overcome that? <laughs> Jesus, hallelujah. He, Jesus. he gave me a Simple peace. Answers. He gave me a peace that I didn't have to wake up in the morning to a high. I didn't have to wake up to something to wake me up to put me to sleep. Uh, Jesus, he fulfilled it all. But I had to give him that space. Yeah, you got him that. The Word of God. It. Yes, mm-hmm. I had to. And had to get up under the Word of God and let it tra- change me, transform me, and uh, not just talk about it, but live it. Wow, thank you so much for being on the show. This is real. We really appreciate all that you guys have said today. There was just a plethora yeah. of things you can just pull from all these principles in your life also shows us that there are real people with real problems that Jesus has the solutions for Um, and so that is so good I love the transformation that God has done in your lives we are just honored to know that we're serving with brothers and sisters in South Carolina that have overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of his testimony in their life and so we're grateful for those things don't forget that you can be transformed by the renewing of your mind stay in God's word uh, hear what God has to say believe what God has to say and obey what God has to say and guess what you too have a way out Juan Martinez from This Is Real and I'm Stephanie Rave and we're so glad you joined us if you enjoyed the show be sure to like share and subscribe and turn on your notification bell so you get notified every single time we have a new episode and don't forget in Houston, Texas on 100.7 FM every single Saturday night we're on the airwaves from 6.30 to 7.30 man with real people real problems real solutions the show is rocking Amen. but not only that not only is the show rocking we're also reaching 53 cities 51 state and county jails and prisons and what we're doing is we're bringing the word to them we're bringing them some laughter fire. and some good times and some fire Amen. and so uh for that we need some partners so if you want to partner with us please click on the link below and don't forget to follow us on social media hashtag this is real or on any other platforms pastor juan martinez hey that's a wrap peace